You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. My thing is helping people understand how our brains work so that we can be better and do better in any area of life that's important to us. So as well as bite-sized brain science, I'll be bringing you interviews and advice from experts and guests who specialize in working with entrepreneurs and leaders to help them explore potential, possibilities, and ways to be more effective. And the best bit? We can start right now. Kathy Nesbitt didn't plan to start a business 20 years ago. And she certainly didn't plan to start a business around, of all things, worms. But two decades later, as this accidental entrepreneur celebrates a milestone anniversary in her business, she's here to tell me about what the meeting of a problem and an idea has created, the ripple effects it's caused, and the role that laughter plays in everything we do. Kathy is the proud owner of Kathy's Crawley Composters, a worm composting business that supplies materials and education services for homes and schools. After 20 years of changing hearts and minds about these wriggly little beings, Kathy has also become aware of the impact her passionate activism-based brand of entrepreneurship has created. So if you're wondering if your business idea has legs, or if you can really succeed with an idea, a lot of passion and very little knowledge, then maybe Kathy will inspire you. Kathy, I would love to ask you a question. Did you intend to start a business? Was starting a business part of your plan? It was not. No, I, I you know... <laughs> I, I came from a, a family that it, I was told, you know, get a job, work hard, you'll get a, a watch when you retire. And I never understood why you needed a watch when you retired. But anyway. <laughs> That's like the worst time to get a watch, isn't it? <laughs> don't you need one to get to work on time? I don't know. <laughs> but I saw a need. Um, I'm located in Canada, just north of Toronto, the largest city in Canada. And in 2002, our landfill closed. And mm. although Canada's second largest country in the world, we couldn't find a place to site a new landfill, right? Nobody wants that <laughs> in no. their backyard, right? Yeah. So we started to export our garbage to the U.S., a thousand trucks a week. That is phenomenal. That is, I mean, that was 20 years ago. So I'm guessing things haven't gotten any smaller in terms of that, that number since then. Well, no, uh, but we we have done taken action since then. You know, you can't mm. be exporting garbage forever. It was kind of a temporary solution till we could find a place in our own country. <laughs> it just seems so re mm. so re irresponsible to export your garbage. And I know a lot of countries export their recyclables. I, I anyway. So that's that's what happened. And what I'm what I'm promoting is indoor composting with worms. Yeah. So again, back to a larger urban center, um, Toronto, 6 million people live in the greater Toronto area, half mm. live in condos, townhouses, without space for outdoor composting. And mm -hmm. even everyone that lives in a house doesn't compost, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, even though they have space. So that was why so it was like, oh, my gosh, I have a solution for this. And I just, without any business um, <laughs> background or idea what to do, I just had an idea and a mm -hmm. solution for a problem. And that's mm -hmm. where our business is born, I believe, is with an idea and a solution to something. And so I just set out. I started my business and thought, this is great. Everybody needs this. <laughs> and then yeah. I realized, oh, my gosh, people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. Yeah, that's an excellent point. So, yeah. So what do they want? They, they Well, you know, I think 
for, for the worms, what I've learned in 20 years <laughs> is to spin it in such a way that people want what you have. Mm. So by selling the benefits of it, rather than saying, mm. hey, how would you like to have worms in your kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so appealing for a lot of people, I think. <laughs> right. And it's fascinating. I find it fascinating. I do have a psychology degree and, and so I love people. And I find it fascinating because I'm meeting people as adults who are traumatized as children in the schoolyard mm. after a rainy day or by a sibling, you know, being chased around by a worm. Yeah. Not by the worm, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's the idea of the worm rather than the actual worm. Correct, yes. And so if you're afraid of something, you know, or find it gross or icky, creepy, you're not looking to that for a solution. Mm-hmm. Mm, of course. So I yeah. was like, oh, gosh, how am I going to do this? And I started to do school workshops. I was like, I'll just do education. And then I'll have to wait 20 years till they have buying power. Yeah, yeah, I made it. <laughs> Is that how it worked out, though? I mean, because kids have great pester power. And I know that, you know, uh, even like 20 years ago or whatever, I remember listening to a receptionist that we had in the uh, company that I worked for. And she had changed her buying habits because of something that the kids had been told at school, you know, because they just they they will refuse to eat what you put in front of them. You know, they're they are like that. So I'm wondering if that worked for you. Uh, Somewhat. uh, But again, the worms are like. Super creepy. Again, if somebody, you know, the, one of the parents was traumatized, they're just like, no, we're not having worms. And they put their foot down. We're going to get a cat instead. <laughs> yeah, because they don't have worms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, they do. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so you know, it's really, I, I find it amazing because I've been doing it for 20 years and, and I over 75,000 students have seen my presentation. Wow. It's so, so fun. It really fills me up. I just, I love when I see that moment where people go from the fear or, or, you know, the Mm. thinking the worms are gross, icky, and then they have that transformation kind of like I did. I thought worms were gross or icky. And then, you know, I started to do research about them and discovered the magic of these beautiful worms. So I, so it really, yeah. Sorry, I was going to ask you, can you, can you remember what you thought was gross about worms? Can you remember what you expected them to be like versus what they are actually like? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So it was 93. I bought my first house. Well, my first house. I'm still in my first house. <laughs> I bought a house. <laughs> and I moved out of Toronto into a small town. And I couldn't wait to start gardening and composting. A teacher friend in 93 asked me to look after her worm bin for the summer she was going away. And I was like, ah, ooh, I don't want worms in my house. Gross. <laughs> mm. And I do remember thinking, ah, oh, oh, she's my friend. I'm, she's going to, okay, I'm going to do this because I think we need to try things for ourselves rather than having someone say, hey, you won't like that. You know, oh, mm. thanks for saving me the time. What else won't I like? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, that goes with anything, food or experiences, anything that we want to do somebody doesn't like it and then they they're sure to give you your opinion (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I took on the challenge and it was a nightmare I had worms in my house (laughs) (laughs) you're not selling this to us Kathy (laughs) (laughs) well you asked how I felt and 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 I I believe that happened so that now I I can be the advocate for the worms because I overcame that 
feeling. So I would open up the bin, throw the food in, close the bin. I was a fruit fly farmer. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? I take it that was not intentional. <laughs> that was not. And the worms and the and the uh, <gasps> fruit flies cohabitate quite nicely, but they bug us, right? We call oh. those little bugs bugs. So they, they're just doing their job. It's not a necessary component. And I say to people, you know, when people are like, ah, I don't want to have fruit flies or bugs or whatever. I say, good. Have you ever had fruit flies? Yes. I wait for them to say yes, because almost everybody has. And then I say, good. Have you had a worm bin? No. Okay, good. You know that the fruit flies don't come from the worm bin because you've never had one, but you had fruit flies. So it's, so it's, it's management. You need to manage mm. your scraps. So the fruit flies come from the food we're adding in. Bananas, um, oranges, mm. melons, anything we don't generally wash before eating. Right? Yeah. We're just peeling the banana. So the fruit flies are on the outside. Give it a quick rinse. Let it start to decompose in a container first. And then when you add the rotting food into your bin, you bury it in the bedding. So it's not exposed. Ah, so okay. if you have fruit flies in your house... They're not going to find their way into your worm bin. Just as you're talking about that, the thing that came to my mind was, um, you know, we, we don't necessarily always have enough insects around the house for um, for a, a Venus flytrap, which I had one. And unfortunately, it did not survive the winter here in Ireland. But I'm just mm. thinking it would probably love to mop up any little strays that, that did happen to emerge. Oh, a Venus flytrap. I should have that to sit, to sit on top of the worm bin and then no problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, have two um, pets. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still, I, I'm I'm really interested in, uh, and I know we are kind of still just getting into this a little bit, but I'm, I'm really interested in um, the kind of associations that people have with worms, because I think that there's something that they, they've got worms and maybe maggots or something mixed up. You know, they're obviously completely different species that serve completely different functions in the um, in the ecosystem. But, you know, obviously maggots come with a whole different kind of <laughs> set of stuff that goes with them. Worms, they're not actually, they're not, they don't produce kind of stinky gunk. They don't, they're not slimy. They don't turn into flies. And they're, they don't actually feel like people expect them to either, do they? No, they don't. But I think that people confuse them with a lot of uh, creatures. That Snakes, they're like, oh, they, I don't like anything that doesn't have legs. Mm. Um, slugs and, you know, so a lot of creepy crawly things are, are uh, into that. And I think that even the word worm is a bad word, right? Yes, like tapeworm, parasites. Yeah. Computer virus often are worms. Can of worms. When someone says, oh, now you're woman to can of worms. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's not a nice worms. thing. Not a nice thing to be described as a worm either, is it? And it, it is not, although. It's an insult. I take that as a great pride, like, because people will say, oh, there's the worm woman. And then they automatically feel like, oh, can we say that? It's like, oh, no, I wear it, I wear it proudly. Mm. Because worms have five hearts each, Deirdre. Five, five. hearts. I know. Wow. <laughs> and I made up a story, like I do a lot of school workshops, so I'm animated, mm. I bounce around the room. And so when I tell the kids that the worms have five hearts each, they say, well, why do they have so many hearts? So I say, Great well, question. you know, when they were giving out body parts millions of years ago, they had this pile of hearts and they're like, what are we going to do with all those hearts? And they said, well, you know, the worms are going to be needed millions of years from now to manage the garbage. So why don't we give all those extra hearts to the worms so then people can love the worm? 
Mm. And when I say the five hearts, you know, words have energy. So, you know, there's an, yeah. a vibration frequency from every word. And when I say that worms have five hearts and love and all that, you know, people just soften. It's really magic. Yeah, yeah no, that, that that's it's really beautiful. Um, I'm guessing this is actually something to do with why worms can be kind of split in two and still survive. Is that right? Oh, OK. Thank you. That's that's one of those urban myths. Um, is it? So what, uh, yes. And that's okay. I'll, I'll walk you. you through it. It's fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so most uh, earthworms, once they're mature, they have a, like a swollen band on them. Yeah. That that's um, that means they're sexually mature. That piece is always closest to the head. Mm-hmm. All of their organs are between the head and that swollen band. All the five hearts, everything is there. They only have one head, one tail. So if, if people go fishing or, you know, you're gardening and, and a worm gets cut by accident, it will wiggle around um, because they have nerve endings through the whole body. Mm. And it's great to attract the fish too. <laughs> right. But it will stop wiggling and then just become part of the soil. Right. Okay. And now the worms have these wonderful lines on them. They're called um, uh, segmented creatures, um, annelids mm. or segmented mm-hmm. creatures. They have very strong bodies. If um, when you're gardening, if a couple of segments get cut off the tail, that piece will wiggle around and then that will grow back. Ah, okay. Okay. Kind of like starfish will grow another arm or lizards will grow another tail. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's not as kind of dramatically cartoon-like true as, you know, we've we've been told, but it's a little bit, it's, yeah, there's some truth in it, but not, yeah. Okay. So don't be cutting worms in half, hoping you'll get two worms. No. Okay. Gotcha. Super. Um, here, I, I actually have something else to ask you because, um, again, this keeps going back, I think, to this idea of, you know, worms as being scary and slimy and all the rest of it. Mm. And a friend of mine um, who has been a great environmentalist for many years, um, she had a worm composting bin. This must have been 25 years ago. I, I don't know. A long time ago anyway. And I remember her telling me about uh, the worms escaping. And <laughs> they don't really survive very well out of their medium. God love them. So they they tend to dry up and, um, you know, become little mummified worms. But it was the great empathy that she had developed for the worms, um, through caring for the worms. And I think, you know, again, just going back to what you were saying about the five hearts and knowing how, knowing more about these creatures can actually um, inspire us, I think, to see them as things of wonder rather than Mm. things of terror. Yes, absolutely. I I did go from, ooh, gross worms in my house to, wow, I mean, now it's my Mm. business. Yeah. You know, and it's it, and I, I think if I didn't have that experience in 93, looking after the teacher's worm bin, that would, I was like, nah, I'm never doing this again. Gross. Mm. Uh, <laughs> to, you know, um, then I got a job at a group home. I got my psych degree in 2000. Uh, work, I got a job working with challenged adults. They had 10 homes and a farm and they didn't compost. So when I talked about the management, I approached them about composting. Why don't you create a composting program here? They said, we don't need the fertilizer because we have cows. So I was like, wow, right? So people don't connect what they're doing. So what, you have fertilizer so you can, you know, they had a vocational program 
where the clients would come to the farm every day and they had a greenhouse of all things. Imagine a greenhouse. They had a shop. They had everything they needed to create a wonderful program. So I said, well, if you don't need the fertilizer, then you can always sell it and have a little business. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. why, why are you paying? Like as a private, private institution, you pay a lot of money to get rid of your garbage. If you like, you think about universities, grocery stores, cruises. Imagine how much uh, organic waste is on a cruise. Are people still mm. cruising today? I don't know. <laughs> after after this cuckoo time, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think so, they're back to it. I think so too. <laughs> um, you know, so wherever there is a lot of food waste, you have to get rid of it. Like grocery stores. Imagine if they didn't get rid of their. Uh, produce like the stuff mm. they throw away every day every mm. day you know the place would be full of fruit flies mice would be roaming around all kinds of critters it would be a very uncomfortable shopping experience so mm. we pay a lot to get rid of that material and that was the first time that I realized wow people don't even connect what they're doing like we're producing yeah. all this stuff over here and then we're just paying to get rid of it over there it's okay we'll just pay someone two questions have come up from that um one when you talk about, you know, using waste food and so on, um, how do how does it have to be sort of natural, we'll say food like vegetables, fruit, that sort of thing? Or um, do things like cheese go into this or processed foods or what level of food do worms like? Ah, good. They like food. So processed food is not really food, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Just, I thought like, we should distinguish. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for asking that question. It's it's all of your fruit and veg, coffee, tea, pasta, rice, beans, mm. grains, plant clipping, cereal kind of is what can go in. Um, what stays out? No meat, no dairy, no sauce, mm. no artificial stuff. Um, even like what I do a lot of school workshops. So Although if at home you could add a slice of bread that got has gone moldy. Imagine mm. in a school on pizza day. I, I don't know if you mm. have them in Ireland, but we have like pizza days. And, and so imagine that day everybody's eating pizza. They're like, oh, all the crust can go in the bin. It can't. Yeah. And what I say to the students is like the loaf of bread or the pizza crust doesn't grow in the ground like that. It's highly processed, okay. yeah. right? Lots of additives. So the more natural it is, the better it is. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So coming back around again, that's good to know, by the way. And I think it's, um, yeah, it, it says a lot really for the way that we eat as well, because a lot of, you know, the food waste is kind of, you know, very, very processed and not necessarily good for us on so many levels. But coming back around, there's, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of kind of information now coming out about the idea of empathy and how empathy might be the driving force in actually addressing the crisis that we have in the environment and, and so on. When you're working with kids, can you see any evidence of uh, attitudes changing, whether or not they've, I guess, with contact with a living creature like a worm, um, taking care of ownership for having that empathic connection with something? Does that help? It absolutely does. Yes, yes, yes. You know, sometimes when I do my workshops, again, depending on the on the grade, the grand finale, hopefully the, the class is getting a worm bin and the students mm. set up the bedding during the session. So it's interactive. It's super fun. Everybody wants to get their hands dirty. In elementary, when you get into high school mm. or secondary, it's 
<laughs> they're too cool. So it's good, but I think they're afraid. <laughs> yeah. So they absolutely do. So the grand finale is holding worms. And my goal is for them to hold the worm. I ask them to wash their hands first. So they get all that antibacterial stuff off because that's bad for the worms. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them like, um, you know, to hold the worm, to look for certain things and just feel what it feels like. And I say the worms can't hurt us and all of that. And this is at the end. So I've already talked about their five hearts and how loving they are and they can't hurt us. And so, yes, by the end, some may be afraid and they don't want to. And then mm. when they see everybody else holding them, mm. they may come around. And I and I do acknowledge, even you know, at the end, I acknowledge the ones that don't hold the worms. <laughs> mm. Mm. You know, I kind of another lesson, and I say, I want to acknowledge the students who didn't hold worms, which might mm. seem weird in a worm workshop. Why would I acknowledge the people who didn't do what I asked? And I and I follow that up with. In life later on, you might be your friends that want to do something and you don't mm. want to do it. So know that you have the power to say, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. You guys go ahead. So just so I wanted to let you know that I'm, I acknowledge you for saying no. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so back to it's my 20th anniversary. I do a lot of exhibiting, you know, up to 200 events a year, at least BC, <laughs> BC 2.0. <laughs> Thank you. I know you got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've met people who come up to me and more than once, which is really um, affirming for me. They come up and they say, wow, Kathy, you came into my grade three class oh. because, right? And because of you, I took environmental studies at university. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Talk about wow. the ripple effect. <laughs> wow. Right. We don't even know, Deirdre. We don't even know. On a daily basis, like we're affecting people whenever we interact and we don't even know, like people don't often come back and say, oh, that day that you said hi to me on the street, I was, Mm. you know, feeling really bad and thanks for seeing me. We don't even know, Um, you know, so I think it's really important to just be nice. Yeah. Be a good person. And that's, this brings me on to another topic that we were we were going to look at today. And I'm sure there must be quite a lot of this, actually, in all of the workshops that you've done over the course of 20 years, which is such an achievement, mm. Kathy, is so amazing. Thank you. But laughter, obviously, we've had a fair amount of that here today on the show. <laughs> but that is that's a vocation for you as well, isn't it, to bring laughter to people? Do you want to say a little bit more about that and what that means to you? I would, yes. So laughter yoga, um, laughter yoga is not about fancy pants or poses. It's intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you got me. (laughs) Thank you for laughing at my lame jokes. (laughs) It's not a jokes or comedy. It's intentional laughter exercises designed to make us feel good. So as Mm. the laughter leader or teacher, my goal is to lead the the sessions um Mm. and laughter came to me at a time it was 2012 10 years in I have a lot of energy a lot of passion a lot of drive and I I didn't I didn't know that people didn't want what I had (laughs) you know it took a long time at 2012 one more like a lot of people over the years had said "Ooh, worms in the house 2012 one more person said "Ooh, worms in the house and I heard it I didn't hear it the other times. I was just like on my path, you know, I'm just doing my thing. Oh, whatever. But that one time in 2012, it's like, ah, 
it hit me in the heart. And I, I really started to question, why am I doing this? Why do I care so much? If nobody cares, why do I care? I could just yeah. get a job and, and, you know, just live my life and not worry rather than doing this thing that's, you know, I get, I get judged because I've got worms and, and it's kind of creepy or maybe I'm doing something and, and, you know, sometimes when people are doing something that, you know, is outside of your comfort zone, I think that sometimes people are like, oh, good for her, but I, I couldn't do that. So mm-hmm. it kind of mm-hmm. makes them look bad in a way. Anyway, I, I was just like really questioning and I was introduced to laughter yoga at a business network, or it wasn't that, it was a business meeting. The first speaker was a laughter yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. She did a five minute, you know, intro to laughter. And I was like, wow, what is that? That's, that sounds fun. And then that same week at a, at a networking event, the very first woman I met was a laughter yoga teacher. And oh, so the I was, signs. right. I was like, what? And I do pay attention to the signs. Yes. Unless people um, are telling you, ooh, worms in the house. So I, so I started to attend her club. Um, I loved it. I got trained as a leader, got love that, got trained as a teacher. I'm a laughter ambassador by the founder. So it started in India in 1995, laughter yoga, mm-hmm. uh, by a medical doctor. And his goal is world peace. Oh, well, that's a good one. Don't you love it? Mm-hmm. There are clubs around the world. Um, actually, Ireland just got their latest uh, laughter master. Really? Master laughter. Yes, Ireland. Toby, Toby <laughs> Kane is her name. She's in Ireland. Very good. Okay, I will have to look her up. <laughs> yeah, so so laughter saved my worm business. So I was able, so when we laugh, it's a beautiful thing. It helps us become more resilient. We can think better. Like dirt, when we're in stress, blood, lymph, oxygen leaves our brain because we don't need our thinker. We, we just need all of those fluids to go into our muscles so we can escape or fight or whatever we're going to do. Um, so laugh. So and, and I think the most important part of laughter is the oxygen. So our brain requires 25 percent more oxygen than the rest of our body as an as an operating principle. Right. It's, it's a machine. Hmm. So when we're stressed, we're not breathing properly. So our body's not getting what it needs. For sure, our brain isn't. Like ever lost your keys and you got to go somewhere, <laughs> right? And you're flapping around. You're like, oh, where are my keys? Come on. I got to go. Blind panic. Blind panic, right? We, we get tunnel vision. We can't even see. So mm. uh, next time you lose something, I can't prevent that. Sorry. <laughs> but I can give you a tip, right? Next time you're You would flapping, be up to something though. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> new, new business. Um, <laughs> so next time, you know, you're flapping around, phone, glasses, keys, whatever. Um, I hope my voice squeaks into your head. What did Kathy say? You got to stop, take a deep breath, <gasps> laugh it off, ha ha ha, and then apologize to everybody. And then you'll find whatever it is you are looking for, because again, we go, we get that blind um, stress. Mm. Yeah. And so, so laughter really helped me to become more resilient. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, honestly, it's, it's a bit of a life philosophy for me. If it can't really, if it can't be fun, I probably don't want to do it. So. Mm. Laughter has been a, a really big, um, big tool and a big, uh, I guess, part of nourishing everything I do. It, we need, we do need laughter in, in what we're at. 
It's high vibration activity. So when we're laughing, we're not thinking at all, actually. We're, so we're not thinking about, oh, my gosh, that dumb thing I did yesterday or, oh, that thing I have coming up tomorrow, the anxiety of thinking mm. about that. We're just laughing. It doesn't take away the problem. It just helps us to come up with better solution because, again, our brain is oxygenated. We got all those neuro synapses firing, you know, everything going on. So creativity goes up. We can come up with better solutions. And mm-hmm. I'm doing corporate gigs now, going in, helping them. You know, again, people were working at home. Now we're transitioning back to the workplace. How mm-hmm. do we function? We haven't had to look at anybody for for two years, you know, <laughs> eye to eye, except in the Zoom room, <laughs> you know, online. And so we've we've lost a lot of skills. And I think the children, particularly, I did my first in-person about a month ago, worm workshop. Um, and the, 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 the children are different. They're, mm. they're, um, they're, they're delayed. I would say they're delayed. Um, that was elementary. So that, I think that was grade three or grade, grade four. So um, mm. maybe they're nine, nine or ten years old. And I also have done high school where they're teenagers and of course, the, I know they're low energy, but these these students were really, really low energy. And it was after lunch, so maybe they're having a carb crash. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So the laughter is really, really, uh, it's it's essential right now because it, my my goal is for people to care about the planet and get worms, and not yeah. not get worms, but have worms in their house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but if we, if we're in a mental crisis, Deirdre, we can't care about anything other than that we're struggling right. right now. Yeah, we, we start to uh, we start to operate in a, a kind of a spiral of defense rather than being in a place where we can actually see possibility and engage and innovate with other things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess um that act of of laughing, of looking for laughter, of being in a place where we're open to laughter, um, and all the positivity that it brings, that's that that really is stepping across that line that is, you know, stepping up that level of uh, effectiveness, I guess, and and all of the other things that we can have when we yeah, look at well, possibility. When we're, when we're laughing, we're secreting the love drugs. You know, mm. we've, we've heard laughter is the best medicine. I say, have you mm-hmm. had your daily dose? Dopamine, mm. oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins mm. versus cortisol when we're stressed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And, you know, just actually, as you mentioned serotonin there, I was thinking, oh, belly laugh. Yeah, now because we've got so much serotonin in the gut. Mm. So, yeah. Um, so definitely go for the belly laughs every time. The, yes, it's like when we're laughing, it's like internal jogging. Right. Our internal diet. jogging. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, our diaphragm not a jogger. Is a t- not a jogger either. No, no. Not a jogger either. No, no. <laughs> I get tired just watching people jogging. Like, right I, I, for I say, emergencies. I say, there's nobody chasing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our diaphragm is attached to all of our organs. So when we laugh and do that belly laugh, we're moving, moving all of our organs, oxygen getting into all of those places. Mm. And we know when we've had a good belly laugh with our friends, it's less and less as adults, but our, our stomach hurts, our cheeks hurts, 
you know, tears of joy are flowing down our cheeks. It's so beautiful. Mm. It's just, uh, and we feel good. And those effects last for, for hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when you laugh full on for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, it's so beautiful. You just feel great. You, 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 you're uplifted. You're positive. Um, you're out of stress because now you're secreting all those love drugs. And people do a lot of activities. People have different addictions to get those dopamine hits or, you know, mm. to get those hits. Imagine if yeah. you can just laugh and get the same, this, the same feeling. So Dr. Kateria is doing amazing work in prisons, in, um, in schools, with police, um, in corporate. Like there's so many areas where laughter is, is beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those all sound like very serious places. Um, I mean, it's easy for us kind of here in our doing our thing to say, you know, oh, don't take things so seriously, enjoy life and all the rest of it. But for people working in those um, really intense situations, sometimes uh, then obviously um, telling them to just laugh it off maybe doesn't sound so practical. But, you know, it, it, it obviously does help to to have the, the, the skill, I guess, of laughter, to have the gift of laughter and to to know what is actually coming from that laughter, maybe encouraging us to participate a bit more. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, but it's, you know, laughter is the best medicine. you got to take the pill if you want the effects. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Listen, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing all of this and for all the laughs and uh, for the insight into the, the life of worms. Um, it has been absolutely fascinating. I really appreciate getting to talk to you. Congratulations again on um, basically a, a lifetime of advocating for these amazing things. Uh, I really, really appreciate all of the stuff that you're doing. I'll put all the notes in the in all the links and so on. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Deirdre. I appreciate it. You're still here? Great. Look, I know there's a lot to choose from out there, so thanks for flying with Ambition Incubator Airlines, and I look forward to seeing you on board again soon. Seriously, though, thank you for tuning in. My guests and I love hearing about what inspires you on the show and what advice has made a difference in your life or work and what you'd like more of. So get in touch. If you want to know about my other work, head over to ambitionincubator.com for details. And don't forget to hit subscribe for more great interviews, advice, and bite-sized brain science every week. 